So for over a year, we have been in the book of Acts together. And uh, I want you to know you can find all of our sermon resources, past sermons. Some of you are here for the first time. You're like, ah, I missed Acts, right? Uh, It's all online for you. Everything from our small group studies to our sermon outlines. You can either watch it on YouTube or you can listen to it through podcasts. Um, But we got you. And and I pray that if it is your first time, that you would want to go back and spend some time in God's word. Hadn't it been a blessing to walk through the book of Acts together, church? I know I've been blessed, and uh, the book of Acts is my favorite book in the Bible. I absolutely love it, that, and the book of Ephesians. I did my doctoral dissertation work on the book of Acts, and so I've had a lot to preach, and uh, it's been an honor to walk with you through this incredible book. And my, my brother, Greg, Dr. Greg Wilton, he showed up last week, came to us from uh, uh, the, the deep south, the bayou of Louisiana, and he came and he preached a message from Acts chapter 28. Wasn't that a powerful message? We got next, we got now, okay? And so if you are here for the first time and you'd like to just get one little sample, listen to last week's sermon. We got next, we got now. And he talked about the importance as, you know, the book of Acts kind of ends open-ended. It doesn't really conclude And that's with purpose. God's inspired word as the book of Acts wraps up in Acts chapter 28. We're going to look at it here again. Um, But basically, it's an open-ended book because there's this concept that like, hey, the movement of Jesus didn't stop, right? It continues on. And anyone thankful that the generation before us chose to keep moving this gospel message on? Aren't y'all thankful for that? You see, we have the gospel here in the foreign country of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, because those in the book of Acts didn't say we're done. No, they said we got next and we got now. And as God began to speak to me about how we're wrapping up the book of Acts together, God birthed within my heart this message and we're gonna actually turn to the book of Romans. Everybody turn to the book of Romans. Um, because we've looked at how Paul, last week we saw Paul in Acts chapter 28 sitting in Rome, right? And, and how he's in Rome under house arrest, but still preaching the gospel to the very end. Um, we're we're going to find out that, I hate to tell you, um, Paul, although he was obsessed with being in Rome and appealing to Caesar and continuing to communicate the gospel in Rome, his heart actually was for Spain. You see, the book of Romans, also one of my favorite books of the Bible, I mean, I would say it's a deep book of the Bible, right? Deep doctrines of God's word. I mean, you can really uh, jump in. If you ever ask for me to preach to the book of Romans, if it's taken us a year to go through Acts, it'll take me 10 years to go through the book of Romans, okay? Um, it is a deep book filled with the deep doctrines of who God is. And I love, you know, the first 11 chapters are what we believe. And then in Romans chapter 12, verse one, it says, therefore I urge you, right, as prisoners of the gospel, to offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And so in, in Romans chapter 12, there's a switch from what we believe, the deep doctrines in chapters one through 11, to how to live, to how to behave. And so it's a practical book and it's a deep book. But can I submit this to you? It's a missional book. It's a missional book. 
And that's where I'm gonna prove it to you as you open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 15. We're gonna read a big chunk of scripture in verse 13 through to verse 29. Then y'all know I got points. We'll have some fun unpacking a few points as we challenge ourselves as we wrap up this series in Acts. But um, I do want you to know this, and I stated earlier as we had that time of worship together, we are a new church. Our church has really just gotten started and uh, it's been quite a wild ride. Uh, we started to kind of have core team meetings in 2018, and we built things up, had an official launch. It was perfect timing in January of 2020. Two months later, COVID happened. I was like, where'd everybody go, right? I'm having to preach to everybody online, and uh, we battled all that together. And then we came back together, and there's been a whole lot of changes that have happened, and we're a big part of a, a, a movement of God called the Send Network across Pittsburgh, and we've been a part of seeing our network here in Pittsburgh grow from four churches when I arrived in 2018 to 15 churches now all over the Pittsburgh area. And so I just want you to know, if you're here for the first time, we don't believe we're the only show in town. We love a bunch of other churches and pastors, and we love being a part of God's kingdom. Aren't we thankful for God's kingdom? He's building God's kingdom. And I was just texting two other pastors this morning at about 8 a.m., and we were just saying, praying for you, go get them. Man, just believing in each other. Don't y'all wanna be a part of a kingdom movement, right? And so we, we devoted ourselves to that, and, and so we're here at this stage in 2023, and we're really just beginning. Now, I do a lot of coaching of church planters, guys who've been called by God to start new churches. I've had the privilege of launching churches in the city of New Orleans and also here in Pittsburgh, and I've even planted churches in Des Moines, Iowa, and New York City, and San Antonio, Texas, and Denver, Colorado. I got, I got guys all over, men and women of God all over that I've had the privilege of pouring into, but even when you rock up into a city, and you start what's called a new church. And you come up with cool logos and all this other kind of stuff and names, names and brands and all that kind of stuff. May I just get this into our minds right now? We are a new church, vintage church, but we haven't started a new movement. We have joined the movement. The movement that we've been studying and reading about in the book of Acts. And so as my brother shared last week, we got next in that movement, we got now. And are we going to be good stewards of continuing to advance the kingdom of God within our generation into the next? I pray that we will. In Romans chapter 15, let's consider this text. Um, we know that Paul wrote Romans from Corinth, okay? Um, Romans was probably written during Paul's third missionary journey from Corinth. And as we're gonna learn, Paul desired, remember the back end, the last few sermons, everything was about Paul trying to get to Rome. I gotta get to Rome, I gotta get to Rome, I gotta get to Rome. What we're gonna pleasantly be surprised here is that in his passion to get to Rome, we actually learn on his third missionary journey that Paul's actual dream was to not just get to Rome, but to get to Spain. You see, there's people in this world that need Jesus. And Paul infuses within us a passion 
to keep going for the gospel of Jesus. As I think right now, literally five minutes ago, my dad's texting me. He's on a trip called the Journeys of Paul. He's leading, he's a pastor, and he's literally where Paul was in the Mediterranean right now. And, and he's just texting me and he says, preach the word today, son, lifting you up. Like, like, I just love hearing that. Like, that's my generation before me pouring into me. And then the visual I have of my next generation sitting here. Listen, this is what we get to steward, amen? How awesome is it to know that people were faithful to tell us about Jesus? Are you and I gonna be faithful to tell others as well? So let's read this text together. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, Paul writes, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Uh, just as a side note, little plug for next week. Next week, I'm gonna introduce our next series, okay? We're calling the series Joy Ride, and we're going to walk through the book of Philippians together. You hear in the book of Philippians over and over, Paul say, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. You know what's crazy about that? He writes that from jail. Anybody wanna learn from Paul then about joy? I wanna learn from someone who can say, rejoice in the Lord always, sitting in a jail cell. I've told y'all, I'm a diva, I'm a sissy. If I'm in a jail cell, I'm writing to Vintage Church. Hey, Vintage Church, help! That's what I'm saying. Get me out of here. Send food and some hot sauce with whatever food you're sending, okay? So that's just a side note, not in my notes. Get back to this sermon this week, Rob. It says, and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Anybody wanna abound in hope? He goes, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points, I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Verse 17. In Christ Jesus then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, and by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus, I make it my ambition. Can y'all understand why it'd take me a long time to preach Romans? This passage alone is a seven-part series. And thus, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand the promise of gospel advancement to the end 
of the world. If you roll with Team Jesus, can I tell you, you don't have to ever doubt for one second. I know the world looks crazy, and I know things seem to be falling apart, and I know the enemy's gaining ground, but can I tell you, God has declared the gates of hell will not prevail against Christ and my church. When you're on Team Jesus, you're a winner. There's no like, let's see how it happens. Let's see how it goes. No, this promise of gospel advancement is going to happen. So verse 22, it says, this is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, check this. Since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, what have we been reading about? Paul's work in all these regions in Acts. And since I have longed for many years to come to you, let's stop right there, who's the you? Church in Rome. I'm, I'm sure this church like, oh, we're, this is about us. Oh yeah, we're gonna get ours. Pastor Paul's gonna be my pastor. I ain't sharing him with nobody else. The the pinnacle of Christ's sacrifice in this world was me. What does it say? I hope to see you. <laughs> I mean, this is gonna hurt. This would hurt some of y'all's feelings. I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain. Say what? In passing? I thought you wanted to get to Rome. I thought Rome was gonna be the pinnacle. I thought that was gonna be the, the epicenter. That's where I've arrived. That's where you know I'm finally gonna become the most famous pastor and everybody's gonna wait after the service and ask me to sign their Bibles. Paul says, a mission on this side of heaven, I can't stop and I won't stop. Yes, you are a part of it. And yes, I love you. But there's people around the world that need Jesus. And I cannot just stop with you. I got to keep going. See, up to this point, the church in Rome thought that it was only about them. This was not about them. It was about them helping get the gospel to Spain. All right, continuing on as I go to Spain. And what does it say? And to be helped on my journey there by you. So I'm actually gonna ask for you, get this. I'm gonna ask for you to sacrifice money, time, resources, not for you. How many of you, as you're praying right now, I know this about parents, how much are you willing to sacrifice, not for you, but for your kids? Paul here says, hey, church in Rome, like, I just want you to know, like, I'm passing by. I ain't going to hang that long with you. <laughs> and oh, by the way, I need you to take up the biggest offering of your life, and you ain't going to see none of it. It's also for someone else. Um, I, I love this. It says, once I have enjoyed your company for a while, 
At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. Remember, he's writing this on his third missionary journey, and he's culminating his missionary journeys towards Jerusalem. So he's already been on this mission, collecting offering to give to the church in Jerusalem for the greater move of God. He's doing all these amazing things. You see the movement that's happening from Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. Well, what, what's Paul proven there? The thing I'm asking you to do, I've done, other churches have done, you need to do too. I ain't picking on you. This is about equal sacrifice. See, the world's our mission field. And this is a beautiful picture of the cooperative giving of the church to the entire church. Verse 27, let's wrap this up. For they were pleased to do it. Don't you love that? As I went to Macedonia, I didn't come to Macedonia and say, hey, there's some brothers and sisters that need help. And them go, oh, stupid pastor, always asking me to give money to the church. No, they gave with cheerful hearts. Vintage Church, don't we love giving cheerfully unto the Lord? Can we thank God for the privilege of giving right now? Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise that we get to give. We don't have to give, we get to give. Thank you, Lord. What you've given to me in my life, I get to pass on and be a blessing. And how many of us know it's more blessed to give than to receive? And so I love this. They were pleased to do it. For if the Gentiles have come to share in spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessings. When therefore I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I think he's keeping himself in check because I'm sure he's gonna arrive in Rome and he's gonna be like, oh man, this is nice. I got a big crowd to preach to. Man, I got all these amazing things. Although he had been warned he was gonna be persecuted, he's just declaring ahead of time, hey, I just want you to know that when I get to you, God's told me to keep going. How many of y'all have to preach to yourself every day to keep going? I know I do, because it's easy for me to chill. It's easy for me to consume. It's easy for me to stop. It's easy for me to lock in on myself and only care about myself. It's harder to give. It's harder to sacrifice. It's harder to keep moving. It's harder to keep going. So I gotta say, hey, I'm happy to meet with you for coffee, but I just want you to know I got another appointment at two, and so we're gonna have to wrap this up because someone else also wants to meet. Y'all with me? That's what Paul's doing here. In verse 29, it says, I know that when I come to you, I love this, I will come in the fullness. I don't want just a little bit of God, do you? I want the fullness. The fullness of the blessing of Christ. And guys, this is the American lie. Y'all ready for the American lie? Get yours. Be about you. Consume for you. Your financial strategy is for you. And I'm just telling you, the fullness of Christ is not found in the selfishness of man. For the fullness and blessing of Christ is this. 
God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ gave, Christ died, Christ sacrificed for us. The ultimate blessing of Christ is found in the giving of Christ. And may I say this to you, the ultimate blessing for your life is found in doing as Christ did for us. All right, let's talk some points. Y'all ready? When is this movement? Okay, Rob, you're asking us to join the movement. Well, here's truthfully the movement. I, I like to describe the movement as being that moment upon Pentecost where Jesus ascends into heaven and he tells his disciples to do what? To wait and to pray and then the Holy Spirit's gonna come down in Acts chapter two, right? He's gonna empower you to go. We talked about this in Acts. We as dumb humans go. And we go according to our plans, our abilities, and now we do a whole lot of waiting because you ain't got no power in your plans. And then the last thing we do is, oh gosh, nothing's working out. Well, dummy, you did your thing. You didn't do God's thing. And so the last thing is, oh, please, let's pray. We're desperate. No. Flip that script. We wait upon the Lord. We pray and seek the Lord. We ask for the commander in chief to give us his assignments and then we go, right? We learned about that together. That earnest prayer, that ectonos deomai. We lean in, we seek the Lord, right? And so we know what is the movement. The disciples prayed, Holy Spirit came and then we've been reading it. And may I tell you this, you can go, maybe just write this down in your notes, Matthew chapter 24. In Matthew chapter 24, people say this all the time, oh, the end's coming, oh, the end's coming, oh, the end's coming. Well, first of all, if you probably declared that you would say, hey, 2028, Jesus is coming again, the end is there, he's probably not coming on that time. You just ruled something out. Because in scripture it's predicted we will not know it will come to us by surprise. But what are one of the many signs? How many of y'all wanna tackle the book of Revelation together? <laughs> I'll bring my dad for that one. Um, what are the signs that the end of the world is coming? In Matthew chapter 24, it talks about how all the world will hear the gospel of Jesus. And then the end will come. Do you know that there are, I'm not gonna say, they're not millions, there are billions of people in the world today who are what is classified as unreached. Here in Pittsburgh, when I talk about Jesus, people yawn because they've heard his name so much. They can come into a city and treat churches like a buffet. I think I'll have this one this day and this one this day and this one and depending on their hot sauce that they serve with their meal, I'll stay or not. But there are people groups, entire nations that are unreached. That's why it's so important that we invest in ministries that are translating God's word into different languages around the world. Ministries like Wycliffe. We, we got to continue to send out missionaries that go and serve. I got uh, tagged on a picture, me and Annabeth, of two families that were with us. I don't know when this was, babe, 2008, 2007, the McGuire's and the Nescavitz. 
And it was so cool. We get tagged on this picture in St. Louis at a church conference when the Niskavits and the Maguires were members of our church in New Orleans. And can I tell you, since that time, for well over a decade, the Niskavits and the Maguires have been serving the Lord across India and Pakistan with their families. They didn't just pray about something. They didn't just give to it. They went. And so we've got to continue to take the gospel to the unreached people groups of the world. And I would tell you, when is the movement? It's that moment upon Jesus' ascension and his commission to go and make disciples of the all nations. And it's now. And, and it's until whenever the time comes that Jesus ordains for the end of time. So on this side of heaven, will you join the movement? You know that you were created as this part of history to join that movement? Well, how do we do this well? Here's three challenges. I know you were wondering when the points were coming, here they are. Number one, how do we do this? And, and can I just say this before I, I jump in? I'm preaching to myself. I hope y'all get something from this. But today as I prepared, I was like, God, forgive me for my complacency. God, God, forgive me for thinking that somehow all these things that have happened throughout history were meant for me. For, forgive me for being selfish with my time. Forgive me for ever thinking about just vintage church. Y'all with me? So just, if I get angry, it's me getting mad at me. Just watch the party. Watch, watch what's going on up here. Number one, stay broken for the world. Stay broken for the world. Um, at least for me, I don't know about you, but out of my love, out of my heart, out of my brokenness, I move. I'm actually, you can't persuade me to do anything really intellectually. I'm just, I'm a stubborn dude. Well, Rob, I'm just telling you that this is the facts and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a heart-driven, passion-driven leader. Y'all know that about me. Somebody came up to me yesterday, hey, your brother's good, you yell more. Yeah, that's pretty much the difference between me and my brother. Um, and so I just want, like, but, but how many are true? Like, out of your heart, out of, out of what's moving inside you, it moves you externally. So I want to remind myself, yes, of the facts, but the reality. And I want to stay broken for the world. Paul in Romans 15 verse 28 says this, when therefore I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. Guys, I don't know why. I was very happy in New Orleans for years. It was my hometown. If you don't notice, I don't talk like you. But when God presented to me and my wife over five years ago an opportunity to come to this city, I had to come and taste and feel and meet and connect with Pittsburgh. And the only way I can describe it, I remember, 
as we lifted off to return back to New Orleans after a weekend where Pittsburgh lied to us because there was beautiful weather and the guy at the Pirates game told me it's like this all the time. We lift off right here and my wife and I look at each other with tears in our eyes and God broke our hearts for this city. And even though it didn't make sense, I was scared to death. I didn't understand how it was gonna happen. It broke for the city. I want to keep in my moments of struggle to even continue in the press on here. I take myself back to that flight where I saw my honey bun with tears in her eyes. And I remind myself to stay broken. Listen, as a pastor, I always want to be one who is faithful to be a steward and shepherd of you. Josh tonight's going to preach to our students about the power of invitation. And as we've been praying, I'm telling you, guys, we might be a little bit of a smaller youth group right now. We love our students right now. I mean, I just, I'm just chomping at the bit. I get to drive them on Sunday night, and then I go into my office, and you can ask Josh. I kept coming in and out because I just want to be a part of these students. They fire me up. I love my love seeing God just shape and mold them. And I want to be appreciative. I hope you do. I want to be appreciative of you. And I'm thankful for you. But Bolt, come up here real quick. Sprint, sprint. Come on. I don't want to be this to you. But there's a level at which I'm not going to apologize for it. Have you ever met someone in a crowd that you see them? This is my oldest son, Bolt. And, and this is how they greet you in a crowded room. Hey, Bolt, how you doing? Good to see you, Bolt. Man, how, how's life going? Have y'all met people like that? How do you feel when you meet someone like that? There's something else that's more important. I, I don't, I don't want to do that to you. And I know I'm a mission-driven, go-getter type leader, and I apologize. I repent before you if I've ever made you feel that way, because that's not my intention. My hope would be this. Hey, Bolt, good to meet you. Man, you're good looking. You must have a, a dad that's so good looking. Man, I'm, I heard about your football games, and I heard, like, man, is there anything going on in your life? Y'all with me? I want to have this moment, because this is a moment that God called me to. But do you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to have this moment and say, you know what? This is the only moment we're ever going to have together. I love this. Let's create a holy huddle so that we protect this moment and no one else gets to experience it. Do you know what I want to do? As I love Bolt, hey Bolt, how cool is it we get to hang together? Wasn't that fun? The sandwich, remember that meatball sandwich I got you yesterday? Like, that thing was so yummy. Do you know that there's some other people that would love a meatball sandwich? Or hoagie, as they say up here. I know, we call them po'boys, but they're hoagies. So this is what I want us to do. This is cool, man. I love this moment with you, bud. But now with him. Hey, could you tell me about somebody at school? Oh, okay, man, I... Yeah, I remember meeting that guy. Hey, let's go bring a meatball hoagie 
to so-and-so. Are y'all with me? I cannot afford to just have this moment with this guy who's gotten taller than me. I've got to be a steward of this. Say, buddy, this moment, what we have, someone else needs. And if we don't go, no one will. Y'all give it up for both. How can we stay faithful to the movement, stay broken for the world? Number two, be relentless for the world. Be relentless for the world. You see, Paul wanted to get to Spain. As we know, on his third missionary journey, as he stopped in different places, even back in Corinth, to write the book of Romans. But in his ambition to get to Spain, do I need to give you any examples of how wherever the Apostle Paul was, <laughs> he went all in telling those people about Jesus? Are y'all with me? So although Paul had this Spain destination, okay, let's just, let's just consider this. Did he do a pathetic job writing Romans? <laughs> No, some of you are like, well, it's God's word. It's inspired by, yeah, but he used a human. He didn't wing that. Deep, excellent work for the kingdom of God, right? Although he had Spain on his mind. Sometimes for me, guys, I can be so obsessed. Y'all have heard this said before. I can be so obsessed with the destination that I miss out on the journey. I was in a seminary town training up little you know, seminary peeps, man, I'd meet with them. They'd be like, oh, the nations. I'm so passionate about the nations. I want to go to the nations. And then I'd watch these guys. I'd be like, okay, what are you doing right now? The nations. I've just read John Piper's book and this and this and this. The nations. Unreached people groups, the nations. I'm telling you, I'd see these suckers at coffee shops with their nose deep in their theological texts, and if they would just open up, the nations have just come in their coffee shop. There's no way you're gonna go and serve the Lord amongst the unreached people groups of the world with the threat of being killed for Jesus if you can't even open your mouth over a latte in free America. Why could we trust that Paul would go to Spain? Because everywhere he went, he told people about Jesus. And especially if you're confused about the destination, what are you doing in the moment? What are you doing right now to say, I'm maximizing all that I have, all the relationships, every neighbor, every resources, even though I didn't know that this was gonna be in my life, even though I didn't see myself at this place in my life, I know, God, you are the great designer of all things, and I'm gonna be faithful to what it is that you have given to me now. Paul goes to the island of Malta, Remember the shipwreck? And it's so crazy. Dude gets bit by a snake. And so the whole community's like, oh, this dude's cursed. He's a heretic. Stay away. Then they look at Paul. He's not dying. It didn't phase him. Homie, last week they got bit by the same snake. He dead. Paul, still alive. 
and he's smiling, and he's telling me about some guy named Jesus. Well, eventually a guy named Publius on the island of Malta says, this is for real. Look at this text real quick. It might be on the screen. I can't remember if I gave it or not. Acts 28, verse 7. Now in the neighborhood of that place where lands belong to the chief man of the island named Publius, what a great name, who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days, it happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery. And Paul visited him and prayed and putting his hands on him, healed him. And when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. What's the best way for you to determine the will of God? For you to work the field that's in front of you right now. But Paul was supposed to get to Spain. Could you imagine? I know, pretty awesome thing. Viper, got me, still alive, but I'm going to Spain. Can't tell you why this happened. No, he's like, praise God, what another moment. And he was a good steward of the moment. Be relentless. Now, don't be an annoying Christian. Y'all met those people? Like, hey, homie. Can we just enjoy our Italian meatballs, hoagie, po'boy, sub? I, I, thank you, but I love meatball subs. Sometimes I think Christians can spook people a little bit. Hey, brother, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me point. I'm gonna, oh, you like that bread? Well, let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> Let me tell you about Jesus, who's the bread of life. I'm just being honest, guys. Like, chill with some of that. And if you think Christians aren't weird, just Google search Christian music in the 80s. I'm surprised anyone got saved in the 80s. Okay? But be relentless. Here's where probably most of our problem here in this room, I'm just going to maybe suggest. If I were to ask you when the last time it was that you actually had a conversation with someone who didn't know Jesus about Jesus, it would be very difficult for you to remember that time. Be friends, dominate in pickleball. Do all the things that God's called you to do, but be faithful to tell people about Jesus. I get that you're going down at the same time and letting the trash out of your house next to your next door neighbor, but you've been doing that for a year. It's time for you to tell them about Jesus because God put you next to that neighbor for a reason. Be relentless. Number three, we close with this. Don't get up banned. I'm not ready for you. Finish well for the world. Finish well for the world. I'm just gonna recap what you missed last week. In Rome, Paul comes there and he's under house arrest. He's allowed to live with himself, by himself, with a soldier to guard him. He sets up two meetings with two Jewish leaders and that's strategic because he's gonna use that meeting to get other people to come and hear about Jesus. In the first meeting, Paul shares his story in the gospel. 
they want to hear more. The second meeting were those guys going and bringing a ton more people for Paul to do what we read last week. In Acts chapter 28, verse 30 and 31, it said this, he lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And I think it's amazing that we learn in Acts chapter 28 that Paul shares all morning and evening about Jesus from the scriptures. And it says in Acts 28 that some people believe and some people don't. Look at me. As we go to tell people about Jesus, we ain't the author, we ain't the creator, we're the mailman. And much like people can accept that package at your door or not, same thing with the gospel. I can't force any one of you to ever trust in Jesus Christ. But to talk about another thing Jesus says about himself, he's not only the bread of life, he's the door of salvation. And what we are privileged by God to do is to help through the power of the Holy Spirit open the doors of salvation in people's lives, making people aware that when they repent of their sin and put their faith and trust in him, they have an opportunity to walk through the door of salvation and God will not force that walk, but he will invite you. And it's your decision through the power of the Holy Spirit to trust in him. You see, Paul fought the good fight. He finished well all the way to the end. I've told you my dad was Dr. Billy Graham's pastor for his last 20 years on earth. And one of the greatest privileges my dad had as his pastor, he could no longer travel and do crusades all over the world. So you know what he would do? He invited world leaders who were far from God to come and visit his house so that he could have soup with them and tell them to give their lives to Jesus. And my dad had the privilege of picking up many of these world leaders to bring to Dr. Billy Graham's house as he finished his race. I don't know when King Jesus might call you to be home with him one day, but I know this. He wants you to finish well. He wants you to persevere all the way to the end. Do you know this about Paul's life? That Paul's life ended on this earth? Shocker, Rob, that's deep. It did. And about his death, the most powerful truth that's known about Paul's death is that no one can confirm how or when he died, but historically it says that Paul was beheaded on a small road outside of Rome with no one around. So does this mean a little bit something more to you? Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. For to me, we're gonna walk through this together in Philippians, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So although Paul died, nobody around beheaded for the kingdom, Paul is not alone today. He's alive with King Jesus in heaven, surrounded by the saints worshiping King Jesus for all time and for all eternity. And not only is he not alone, not dead, no longer existing, but the message that he preaches continues today through you and me who lift high the name of Jesus. Worship team, you better come up now. For we're called 
in the name of Jesus to stay broken for the world. To be relentless for the world. To finish well for the world. Vintage Church, I, I don't know what God has for us tomorrow, but I know what God has for us right now. And in this moment right now, I believe that there might be one or two of you that need to, this door of salvation, Jesus just swung wide open. And he's saying, come to me, just as you are, and join the movement. Join the movement. So in just a few moments, if you're here in this house, I want you to just simply bow your heads and say this to Jesus. Jesus, I give my life to you. It's a moment of salvation for you. Some of you, you know Christ. And he's been so good to you. This has been a Sunday where the Holy Spirit has taken you from grasping everything that's in your life like this. Mine, 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 me, me. And he's liberating you to do this. Whatever it is, God, it's yours. It's yours. Every head bowed and every eye closed. That first category, you're here right now. And right now is a moment of salvation. I'm gonna give you just a second to pray to Jesus. Just say this, Jesus, I give you my life. I repent of my sin, I trust you. Thank you for saving me. Every head bows, every eyes closed. If that's you right now in this moment, you'd say, I give my life to Jesus. Would you just lift up your hand right now? Today's a moment of salvation. Trust in him. Anybody here? Praise the Lord. Love you so much. God is faithful. God is faithful. Thank you, Lord. I love you. Brother, I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye still closed here in this moment right now. You'd say, Pastor Rob. God has released me to be a giver of all things in my life to him. And I don't know what that is, but I'm going to be one. I'm going to be one who stays broken, who's relentless, and who will finish well for Jesus. If that's you, just as a statement of, Jesus, my life is yours, just raise your hand right now. I wanna just pray for you. Okay, God's moved all over this room, all over this room, all over this room, all over this room. God bless you, God bless you. God is good. God is faithful. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Let's stand to our feet, church. We're going to sing a song about revival. And revival happens in us and through us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, for the glory of God. And as we sing this song, church, can we believe, can we believe that God is going to do incredible things for his kingdom and for his glory? Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this journey in Acts. Thank you for the opportunity to preach to myself today, King Jesus. 
And God, I ask that, Lord, no matter what we have in store for us, God, that we would be found faithful to stay broken and be relentless and finish well for you and for your kingdom until you return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing to the Lord.